What an incredible weekend of soccer around the globe we just saw. Italy captured the European Championship in a thrilling penalty kick shootout with homestanding England, a team in its first major competition final in 55 years. Argentina completed its Copa America Championship with a 1-0 triumph over Brazil, giving Lionel Messi his first major championship. The United States' participation in the Gold Cup got underway in Kansas City on Sunday night with a red, white, and blue opening with a 1-0 victory over Haiti. And Sporting Kansas City's own Jean-Luc Abusio made his U.S. men's national team debut in the game, and he played well. So it's against that backdrop that we're talking today about the biggest prize in soccer, the World Cup. This is Sportsbeat KC. I'm Blair Kirkhoff, and it's Monday, July 12th. On today's show, Sporting KC's Director of Marketing, Aaron Bournes, and Kansas City Sports Commission President and CEO, Kathy Nelson, take us inside Kansas City's World Cup bid. What's been submitted, where things stand, and how confident they feel about landing games when the World Cup comes to North America in 2026. As a reminder, there are 17 U.S. cities bidding for 10 or 11 spots. We're uncertain about the number for this reason. There are three cities in Mexico and Canada that have been identified as hosts, so they're not bidding. They've been guaranteed their spots, but one Canadian city, Montreal, pulled out of the running over financial considerations. So will a third Canadian city join Toronto and Edmonton, or could a U.S. city get that spot? It's looking like the first quarter of 2022 for the cities to be named. So on today's show, you'll hear from Aaron Bournes and Kathy Nelson. And then after a break, you will hear from Jean-Luc Abusio. That interview was conducted on Friday. So let's get started. I'm, I'm, I'm very confident. I think that we've done a, not only done a great job of representing our city, but also representing our sort of confidence in our culture here. It's not just kind of what we're putting on paper. I think, I feel like we've gotten very positive feedback, like Kathy said, to pretty much all the meetings that I've been involved with. Um, and I, we, we know that we have a lot of things that people may consider to be negatives that actually consider, are actually a positive thing. You know, the fact that we are in the center of basically all of North, North America is something that most cities can't, can't, you know, most cities can't say. And I do think that the, the history of the sport and our city matters. I mean, look at back to the, the Women's World Cup watch parties. I mean, you've got, you know, basically the, the nation watching, you know, watching the tournament happening in Europe, but the fans were all in Kansas I mean, there's so many things historically that we have to lean on, um, which is what's most exciting to me. It isn't more about just what's just happening in this moment. It's what we've done collectively as, an, as, a, as a community for years. And that, that kind of overcomes market size? I think I think it does. I mean, we kind of all do. That's kind of what we're about, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I think we kind of... I think we punch above our weight, and some. I mean, you look at you look at what our television ratings tend to be for international. I mean, for ourselves, for international soccer here. I mean, we, we always are very very strong uh, viewership market. I mean, there's so it's just a, there's a litany of reasons why to me I think that we are very much in the conversation. Seriously, I'm very I'm very confident. We've got work to do still, but very confident. Excited for FIFA to be here. And I think it surely helps that uh, when you 
have competitions like the Gold Cup going on right now, and you have like that proven infrastructure able to hold a tournament yeah. like that, yeah. that's surely got to help your, your yeah. case, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think that that's, and I also, you know, I think we, I'm, the fact that, that CONCACAF chose to have Gold Cup here because they knew that could happen and they could camp out four teams here for a week and that we're already set up to do that, you know, I think is a perfect example of that. Are, are there other, um, like, MLS cities anyway um, that have the training facility that, that you offer? Yeah. Well, I would say, of course, I'm biased. I would say that ours is the best for certain. I mean, I, would, I think it's a real point of pride for Major League Soccer right now, how much the growth of facilities, not just for stadiums, but for training training centers. You know, every year there are new, 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 new uh, additional teams opening additional facilities, which is, you know, thrilling as it relates to the growth of the sport. I'm obviously biased and say ours is the best, and certainly, the, you know, much the same way Children's Mercy Park was, it was, it's really been sort of the standard bearer. Um, so, there are definitely others, but I think ours is the best. Do you know how many, this Middle America idea, right, the heart, yeah. heart of America, that, that's important to the, the bid process, isn't it? I mean, that, it is. You, that is a selling point. Not just the flight time, but yeah, I mean that's that's a selling point in and of itself. Unquestionably, and I think it's uh, you know we you know you look at what our it's not just what Kansas City means, but what it means to be you know a Midwesterner and the importance of the Midwest to the sport. Um, I, I I don't think it's a negative at all. I think it's very much a positive, and that's what we're proud to represent. You know, as we go through the bid process, I mean, that's why I go back to I think that. I feel like through that process, that pride has come through, and I think that's that matters. I mean, that's the that's the soft tissue, you know. It isn't just documentation. It's like you know, what does the culture really feel like? I think representing the Midwest in that way is a very it's a, it's a big positive for us. Let's say let's say Kansas City selected. And what, what 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 can people expect if that's a if a group stage is here? That's a good. I, I, that's a. I, I think my answer to that is it would be difficult to explain what to expect because it would be so big, which is what's thrilling about it. You know, I mean, you use the example of like it's having multiple Super Bowls in one place over the course of just a handful of days. I think it's one of the which is one of the things that's also an interesting part of the storytelling explaining to it because it is relatively far away and. The magnitude is so great it's almost hard to put it into words because there really isn't really anything comparable other than having multiple Super Bowls in one place um, but I think the, the, the main thing to expect is we'll ne- we will never have a greater opportunity to showcase our city there, there, there isn't one you know and uh, that's uh, that's thrilling so for, it'd be four nations coming to Kansas City and their and their fans sure and you know enough fans to fill up Arrowhead Stadium yeah um, so we're talking, you know, 75,000 fans in the stadium and maybe more than that in Kansas City for a month, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least a few weeks because all the group yes. stage games would be exactly, in that city. Exactly, Yeah, so it's really going to be like nothing we could ever even draw a parallel to, which is what's so exciting about it. How about how about uh, just transportation issues? Is yeah. that, I'm sure that's something that you all had to, had to deal with and, and concentrate on and just getting to and from Arrowhead, that sort of thing, getting For around sure. town. And, For sure. So where do, where do those ideas stand? That's, I think that's, a, that's been a really important consideration, of course, and that's been a big focus among the executive committee on options around it. And I feel like we're going in, the, going in a really positive 
creative direction there. Um, but it's definitely been a it's been a multifaceted you know process between city org, civic orgs, chiefs, and that whole set. So it's that's very much in progress. What does FIFA want to know about Kansas City? Um, that's a good question. The um, I mean, a lot of it is as Kathy was outlining. It's it's about it's about well, less about sort of well all infrastructure. You know what you just asked about. What obviously stadium details, training centers, um, training facilities, not just ours, but the other local uh, uh, or other uh, I'm sorry training sites we have as part of the bid. Park University, KU, all those all those details. Um, Human rights. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty. It's a pretty soup to nuts submission as it relates to anything you could possibly want to know about the city. Um, and I think that the site visit part of it is, as I talked about, the soft tissue. What is the feel? Which I think is why that's exciting that we finally know when that's actually going to happen. And that's why we want to do something like this to try to draw some additional attention to ourselves. Is the bid process complete? The bidding process. Does FIFA have all the information it wants from Kansas City? So. Yes, FIFA has all of the information that they have requested to date. The bid process is not complete, which, and that, and that's exactly how something of this scale works. Right now, um, Catherine just submitted our final human rights response on June 30th. That was a deadline. Now we're waiting on one-on-one meetings to go through stadium renovation, transportation, all those pieces. There may be follow-up and things from that. It's such an unknown, and none of us have ever worked on anything of this scale. I was going to ask you that. You've done so many events. You've you've bid for and landed so many events. Is this the most unique one? Yes. Maybe in just terms of what is expected and uh, the length of the the process. This, by far, compared to everything we have hosted, bid on, worked through, this is the most unique and the most... um, Excite, maybe not the most exciting, but the most time-consuming bid process. It took years to get where we are today. This didn't just happen. It took years to get here. Now we're years of bidding, um, and then once we're awarded, then it's years of preparation. So when you think of a 10-year bid process, there's no other sport or no other event that does that. And we talked about the human rights aspect of, of this, but what... What other kind of things does FIFA want from Kansas City that maybe the Big 12 doesn't need or, yeah. or the NFL draft? Or? Yeah. Um, you know, international security plans. Big 12 doesn't really ask for that very often. <laughs> um, you know, the, the different opportunities around the games. Where will we host Fan Fest? Where will we host training camps? Where could base camps? Where I mean, granted, different events we're already hosting work through hotels there's not a transportation plan of this scale for anything else that we do. Um, And just how the two states and two cities come together and support this is another really unique component to it. Um, Funding and financing. This is a very unique bid for us as well. This is going to take money from not only locally and philanthropically, this is going to take state and federal money to support this event happening here. The return, of course, is enormous on that dollar, but there's no other event that we've had to do anything like this with with a group like FIFA. I asked Aaron this. I'll ask you um, uh, just if, if Kansas City lands a group stage, you know, uh, just 
what's your vision of what it would look like and what it would be like here? We were talking tens of thousands of people in Kansas City for a month. And, oh, yeah. You know. I'm, I'm probably for a couple months, really, when you think about it, especially say that we're a base camp for one, two, three, four countries, six countries, who knows. But um, they would be here six to eight weeks with their fans living here, traveling to and from games, whether that's here, L.A., Canada, you know, Mexico City, wherever. Um, but then a vision is the city would host incredible watch parties throughout that time frame. So whether it's at Tice Park or where we know Union Station, right, there are different opportunities to engage and activate our city that we've never done before. So I kind of see the whole city turning World Cup colors. And whether that's flipping every kiosk to announce what matches and games are happening or, you know, these wallscapes like this happening to welcome the world to our city is my vision of uh, turn the lights on, we're ready, and welcoming people from countries you may have never heard of. Bigger than the Big 12 tournament, which we love. <laughs> oh, yeah, the Big 12 Super Bowl every year. Right. Yes, right. it is. Right. Yep. Yeah, it would be a little different. There would be... Um, people from beyond Oklahoma and Texas in our city for the World Cup. Yes. Yes. Hey, it's Blair. We have a special subscription offer for Sportsbeat KC listeners, unlimited digital access to the Kansas City Star's award-winning sports coverage. Sign up now for one year of Sports Pass for access to all the sports news, features, and columns presented on the KansasCity.com site, and it's only $30. That's a 40% savings off our regular rate. Your subscription will automatically renew after the initial term at $50 unless you tell us to cancel. Your subscription helps support the sports coverage of KansasCity.com and the Kansas City Star, and that support has never been more important please visit kansascity.com slash offer to get this special offer. And as always, thanks for listening. I wonder what it means to you to be here in camp, what this Gold Cup could mean for your own progression as a player. And you know, you've been linked, obviously, to a lot of moves to Italy. Um, what, what do you think uh, of that possibility and, and what it would mean to you to, to kind of take that next step as well? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it means everything for me. I think I, I grew up in the, the youth national team system. And, you know, your, your one goal when you go to youth camps is to make the men's national team. So for me, it's a I took the full progression and, and uh, you know, I'm happy to be here. And, and it's a it's a really proud feeling that you that you get putting on the, the crest. And, you know, I'm happy to do it with the men's national team. And, yeah, I think uh, it's a it's going to be a good experience for me. I think uh, not many people get to represent their, their national team. And I'm doing it at such a young age. So it's a it's a really special moment for me. And hopefully I can do well enough and. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm just I'm ready for this moment. And, and you know, and, and we want to win the trophy. Next, we'll go to Sean Goodwin from the KC Star. Thanks, Michael. Booze, how you doing? Good. Good. Hey, I know we chatted last week and whatnot, and you were talking about, you know, the pride of playing for a national team and whatnot. But now you're finally there. You've had a couple of practices. Just what's it been like with the rest of the boys and How's it been different to a normal practice section, would you say, compared to Sports and KC? Yeah, obviously, uh, it's it's uh, it's all the best players in the in the, the country. I think it's it's going to be a high level no matter what, and you know it's a uh, in, intense sessions, but it's something that uh, you know I, I like. I, I want to get used to, and you know to be the the best player you can be, you have to play against the best, and that's what's happening right now. Is 
you know, we're, we're working for, for spots and we want to play and we want to win in the end. So uh, it's been really intense trainings, but uh, it's something that I, I've been prepared for and I've been, you know, working towards. And, you know, I'm just uh, excited for the, the games to start, but uh, the trainings have been really good. And, you know, I've seen a, a lot of uh, talent that, that we have and, you know, I'm, I'm glad I can fit in with them. We'll go to Ryan Talmich from Goal.com. Hey, John Luca, appreciate you taking the time. You know, just in some ways, it feels like it's been a rapid rise for you, you know, given your age and, and the records that you're setting kind of and whatnot. But it also feels like it's kind of been a long time coming in some ways, just because you're someone that people have kind of seen grow up and grow into yourself as a player. You know, it's been four years since you signed with Sporting Kansas City, two years since you kind of broke up in MLS. Looking back at, at your road and the sacrifices you made to get to Kansas City and the work you've put in, you know, how do you kind of come to grips with this opportunity and what it means as sort of the next step for you as a player? Yeah, uh, like you said, I think I, I've done a lot at a young age. And, you know, from a, when I signed when I was 15, I, I always wanted to make my national team debut. And, you know, this is the, the next step for me, really. I think, uh, you know, when you're 15, you think about just getting on the field and, and making your debut for your MLS team at then you know, a couple of years later, you're trying to get in the starting lineup and be a consistent starter. And and now, uh, you know, I did that this year. Now my, my goal was to make the national team. And, and that's what happened. So I think this is a it's a really big step for me. And, and I think my uh, my career, I've been really lucky with all these accomplishments at such a young age. I think I, I'm really lucky to have that happen. But uh, I'm just uh, excited for what's next for me, really. I, I'm happy to be here and, you know, I'm excited for the, the tournament and the, to get to the final. But uh you know, I think uh, my next step is going to be even bigger, and I'm looking forward to it. Next, we'll go to Joe Serrano. John Luca, good to talk to you again, as always, uh, from Greensboro. Uh, what's your role going to be with this team? What has uh, Greg Berhalter told you about what his expectations are for you, what kind of role you're going to be playing? And what do you want to get out of this tournament as, as, a, as a team and a, an individual? Yeah, I think obviously I've, I've been playing the, the midfield this whole, you know, my, my whole career really. So uh, obviously we both see me in the midfield. If that's the six or the eight, that's uh, I've been, you know, practicing in both positions there. So, uh, you know, we'll see. But uh, I think he just wants me to, to really show myself. I think, uh, you know, he, he called me up for a reason and, you know, I deserve the call up. And, and now it's uh, it's time for me to show that that he made the right decision and, and show everybody really on the that I can do it on a national level. So that's uh, what I'm kind of looking forward as is, is making that that next step and showing I can you know not only do it in MLS, but do it at the, the highest level. And that's for your national team. So uh, I'm looking forward for that. And, and hopefully he's uh, he's looking forward for that and, and to call me into the future camps. Next, we'll go to Ivan Skolarsev from SBI Soccer. Jim, this is your first uh, camp with Greg Berhalter and the senior team. Um, but there, there's always been talk in the past about the synergy between the senior team and youth teams. And I'm kind of curious, did, did your time with U17s uh, help at all in terms of your kind of getting a sense or a taste for the style of play that Greg wants to play? Uh, and in terms of your overall game, how much did Peter Vermees or has Peter Vermees kind of helped you kind of appreciate and develop the defensive side of your game? Because you've been an attacking player from, from day one, but it seems like the defensive side of your game, you've really kind of strengthened that and balanced that out. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, from the youth national team, it's a it's a you know a little replica of the the first team really. I think uh, you know they try to build it to treat you as an as an adult and treat you as a how it's going to be when you get to the men's national team. And you know obviously it's not as as intense or as as high level as the men's national team, but uh, you know it, it, it they try and, and it really helps you. And guys coming up from the youth teams, it's a smooth transition when you make it. So uh, 
that was that made it easy for me. And obviously, I know some of the staff from from other camps and everything. So that definitely made it a lot easier. And uh, you know, Peter has been has been great for me. I think uh, you know he's been my coach my my whole professional career, and and he's been excellent for me. He's you know taught me more attacking wise, and especially this year, he's helped me defensively. I've, I've been playing the six a lot, and you know he's always been big on on uh, you know the defensive side of the game and. You know, I think uh, that's something that I, I can improve on and still am trying to improve on. And, you know, he this year especially, he's really worked with me on that and, and just, you know, taught me how to keep my intensity up and always be be focused on the game and, and be ready for anything. And, and that's uh, something that I've been working on also, but he's been huge for that. And, you know, obviously it's helped me out a lot. And, you know, now I'm here and I can take what I learned from him to, to this camp. We'll go to Brian Shreda from American Soccer Now. Gianluca, uh, thank you very much. Um, and thank you, Michael. Um, how much pressure does this team feel with keeping up the momentum left by uh, you know the, the Nations League squad? It wasn't too much of an overlap of a roster. And what did you learn from watching that that, that win over Mexico? What did it do for the program? And then, and finally, how tough do you think it will be to crack that roster for World Cup qualifying? What kind of performance is it going to take from you and your teammates to really build a case uh, to be part of that? those teams coming up later in the year yeah obviously there's there's a lot of pressure it's, there's always pressure when you play for your national team especially when it's at home and you know you're playing in your, your home fields and everything it, there's always going to be pressure so uh i think everybody knows that but uh, i think we're trying to put that behind us and trying to just play our game i think we're focused on on making it to the final and winning and that's what we're going to do and i think uh you know coming off a, a big win in, in the nation's league it, it shows that you know we can do it and you know, it may not be the same group and, and, and anything, but it just shows the, the passion that we're playing with now and, you know, showing that we can do it, especially there were a lot of young guys also on that field playing against, you know, a, a final like that. that was, that's big. So uh, it shows us that, that we can do it. And, you know, with the, the right amount of work and, and, and passion, we can do the same thing. And that's what we're going to try to do. And, you know, I, obviously it's going to be hard for anyone to make the, you know, World Cup qualifying roster. I think uh, for me, especially this is my first camp. So I think, uh, you know, I'm taking this as kind of a, a trial for that. I, I want to play well enough to where, you know, he has to call me into to qualifying. And that's something that I'm focused on. And, and one of the things that I'm trying to get out of this camp. We'll go to Aaron Ladd. Hey, appreciate the time here. You kind of talked about this being your first camp and a lot of things coming full circle and a lot of accomplishments at a very young age. What role is, is, is Kansas City play in that and having this event happen? Uh, kind of in your home backyard, training at the home facility, and that kind of thing. Yeah, I think uh, I've grown up here, so it's 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 special to me. My first camp is you know in my pretty much hometown. Really, it's uh, where I grew up. They taught me pretty much everything I know about about soccer, and and taught me how to be a an adult. Really, so uh, I take a uh, pride, and it's all it has a special place in my heart. So for me to be representing my country in my you know hometown, pretty much, it's 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 special, and I don't think. You know, a lot of players aren't aren't ever going to experience that, and I'm experiencing it at my first camp. So I'm 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 pretty lucky in that sense, and you know, I'm excited to to kind of get out there on my my home field and you know see the fans wearing national team jerseys instead of sporting jerseys. So uh, something I'm looking forward to, and I'm you know excited to to see it. Sanjay, you'll be next. Thanks, Michael. Thanks, John Luca. John Luca, this is obviously a big opportunity, but is it any different than you had expected before because of the ongoing transfer speculation? Is that distracting at all? Is it making it any tougher? Uh, no, not really. I think uh, I've 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 kind of learned how to put that behind me. I think right now I'm focused on the Gold Cup, and that's uh you know that's how I always look at it. When I was at a 
you know, Kansas City, we were playing MLS games. That's what I was focused on. I, I think, uh, you know, that that stuff will, will figure itself out. I think I have people around me who can, you know, handle that for me. And, you know, I think uh, my main focus is just on, on playing soccer. Like soccer. And, and right now I'm, I'm focused on the, the Gold Cup and, and playing as well as I can. And, and then, uh, you know, after maybe I'll think about it more. And, you know, that's something my agent has to think about. But uh, right now I'm focused on the next training and the next game. And, you know, that's uh, where my head's at. That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production staff of Derek Donovan, Beth Welsh, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, Chris Fickett, and Savannah Smith. Links to stories that were discussed on today's show can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com. Hey, let me tell you about another deal. You can subscribe to Sports Pass for 99 cents a month. That's right, 99 pennies a month. Sports Pass is the online version of the Star Sports section. You get all the stories that appear in the print editions of the Star, plus additional stories that appear only on the website. And, of course, they appear first on KansasCity.com. After three months, it auto-renews at $5.99 a month unless you cancel. How do you get it? You go to KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. That's KansasCity.com slash SportsPass2020. Do you want more than just sports coverage? Check out the entire Kansas City Star product. Sports, news, features, commentary, and analysis, the whole thing. You get all the stories written by my talented colleagues, plus additional national news, sports, and business coverage with the E-Edition. The details for all of these deals can be found at account.kansascity.com slash subscribe. And if you're having trouble hunting down any of the offers, you just send me an email, bkirkoff at kcstar.com, and I will get you to the right place. So whether it's the Sports Pass or the full subscription, you're getting and supporting the best sports and news coverage in Kansas City and helping us produce programs like Sports BKC. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back on Tuesday with another episode talking about the Royals the draft, the all-star game, the home run derby, all of it. Join us tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you.